Welcome to the We're Live Fancast. And now, your hosts, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 11 of the We're Live Fancast. I'm Mr. Redbeard. And I'm Mick. Yeah, we're going to be covering chapter 39 of We're Alive, part one, chemical reactions. What does it all mean? What's chemical reactions? The subtitle, Blood Turns the Tides. Blood Turns the Tides. What makes the grass grow? (laughs) The blood. (laughs) That's right. Who makes the blood flow? The Marines. That's right. Yes. Very good. (laughs) I know Casey didn't like that. (laughs) Okay, so before we kick off our coverage, if you guys haven't checked out the Constance Parring interview that Redbeard had posted up, uh, that was episode 10, released last week, just going to tell you, I had no part in it, he did, and it is excellent. Redbeard, you, I mean, y'all had a really great conversation. Great, Thank you. A really great conversation. It, it was, and it, she was really easy to talk to. It was a lot of fun. She was so cool, and she could just carry a conversation and it was interesting the entire time. I was blown away. I was too. As a as a nerd myself, I, I was in awe. Yep, we got the space camp reference. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the best weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, thanks for throwing that in there. I, I, I always jump at the chance to talk about that. I, yep. need, a, I need to post up your conceptual art. <laughs> <laughs> I went to space camp after third grade. Ask me anything. <laughs> and also, uh, we got our we got our first iTunes rating that posted. Yay! Excellent fan podcast is the subject. Five stars by Deanna zero thirty eight. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you so much. It says, uh, "This podcast is awesome for down and sometimes dirty fans of We're Alive, <laughs> all while still being PG. These guys are real fans of the audio drama. True story. They are insightful and entertaining." Um, they also really involve other fans and, and encourage participation, which is always fun. Most excellent addition to the family of We Are Alive. Thanks, Deanna. Thank you. That's awesome. And, the, you know, those iTunes ratings are going to help people find the podcast, I think, is what I hear everybody say, at least. That's what they say. So, yeah, if you, and if you do want to leave a rating, uh, we'll go ahead. We'll read it on the show and all that. Good or bad. Yeah, good or bad, definitely. We, we'd like a good feedback, bad, you know, feedback that... It's going to be constructive criticism. Anything. We'll only censor the bad words out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could be like a 30-word thing, and we'd say three words, <laughs> depending on how good or bad. We love your love and hate. <laughs> so this this episode opens up with a morgue, and I believe it's Robbins and Maldoon dropping off. Oh, with with the, the trainee dropping off. Uh, the female that was bit, turns out they chloroformed her and start chaining her down. And meanwhile, they have a dead behemoth on its way. I, I, I once they said that, I was, I was really curious. I was wondering if it was, I know, the one that was injured, or you know what was going on there. I was waiting for them to go back and you know fill me in. Yeah, they did, they did. It's mm-hmm. coming up. They did. After Tanya arrives to start doing her work. Uh, with the the girl that's being turned, 
Um, she sends everyone out except for Robbins, who is not entirely thrilled. And uh, when they started disca- <laughs> d- uh, describing the morgue, all I could think about was the the Walking Dead governor's chill room. <laughs> with the heads in the jars and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little, nice little relax- relaxing place. And, oh, sorry. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler for KC or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's not our fault. Yeah, it's not our fault. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a limit on how much time can pass before it's no longer a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> so, ex- Tanya's doing her experiments on the, the dead colony girl. Well, at this point, we don't know she's the colony girl, but our soon-to-be dead girl. And she's drawing blood out of her. And she said she was calling off numbers whenever she would draw the blood. And she said 195. And then she said 375. And my first reaction was, is this the amount of blood she's drawing? But then I started thinking about it. I was like, no, these are temperatures. Could you imagine the cooking going on in this body? No way. It's not temperatures, is it? I don't know. That's the only thing I could come up I with. I figured it was like Z cells or something. Like, you know, making up a new thing like T cells. Maybe it's like the zombie cells or some kind of count in the blood that's related to the turning into a zombie. My first thing was I thought she was drawing. Uh, she was talking about the level of CCs, you know, how many CCs of blood she's pulling out. The The only other thing I could think about was the temperature. Um, no, because she was still alive. And you're, if your internal temperature is 300 degrees, you're dead. Well, you know, I didn't write the story, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> so, I don't know. If, if someone else has got an insight to that, I'd like to know because that really intrigued me. I'm naming it Z-cells. Z-cells. <laughs> so, the autopsy started before she was completely turned, which I thought was really messed up. But... She was chloroform, so she's not going to really know anyways. And she, they were going to just kill her regardless. Mm-hmm. Luckily, she's out with the chloroform, not like CJ. But <laughs> yeah. she stays awake. <laughs> yes. Oh, what you doing with them scissors? And also wanted to note that they chloroformed her and she was still turning. And it had been 20 minutes. So I guess she's a slow turner. Or did the chloroform have an effect on her? Well, Tanya said, uh, Tanya said that she wasn't a slow turner or a fast turner. She mentions while she's uh you know doing her little notes, doctor notes. So maybe the chloroform had an effect on on the turning. Yeah, I don't know. I, she was just kind of just saying you know what was going on. <clears throat> this is I don't like the way I'm phrasing this, but well, she also said that it didn't matter because her blood was still pumping. So I'm assuming that the chloroform wouldn't have an effect. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe if she had been awake. Yeah, she was. She would have already started attacking. She was just documenting. Okay, her eyes are clear. They're not yet cloudy. Here's the number in her blood. Okay, her eyes are getting cloudy. Here's the number on her blood now. It's higher. Hmm. And she was just kind of documenting the the process and uh, I'm guessing the Z cells or the temperature or whatever and seeing how that changes. And what what I'm th- what do you think she's doing with uh what do you think she's gonna do with this information that she has? Well, I mean, this is a an event that hadn't been captured in this detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's weighing the organs and looking at the tissue regrowth and that kind of thing to kind of capture what happens to the body as it's turned. And I was, I'm, I'm, I keep waiting now, and especially now, for Tanya to start giving a transfusion of her blood or something. And this is, 
I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead or skipping too much of your little uh, scene one synopsis, but I I didn't know what was going on. I thought sh- something was going to happen. Some you know they're going to try a treatment or something when I first heard it. Since there's so much talk about the blood from the Weird Life Twitter account, you know, blood is what we can expect from this uh, this chapter. And then there's the 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 show notes was something about the blood, right? So it was the uh, blood turns the tides. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it it's going to end up being well. I don't know yet. I, I really don't. I'm not going to start guessing. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have my own guesses, but it would contradict this. So I don't know. But we'll talk about those later and, on. And, yeah, and if if not leading to Tanya giving a transfusion of her own blood. And either turning someone, saving someone who's turning, or I mean, it's, it'd just be crazy town to to uh, turn somebody human who's already a right. zombie. But well, I, I think she needs to try it on someone that hadn't turned yet. Like I think pegs should be used to see <laughs> if uh, Tanya's blood turns her into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what's next in the experimentation uh they think? start doing the, uh oh like the next victim they get or what's this leading to i think how to put them in a controlled environment that's what i'm thinking about the temperature you know putting them in a cooling chamber of some sort to slow down the process so they can study more yeah but i don't know that's if that's if those 195 and 375 is a temperature and the only reason i think it would be a temperature is because of the rapid changes that happen to the body, especially in the ones that are the, the the numbered ones and like the behemoths and that kind of thing. Like there's a complete cell restructure that happens. So that's why I don't see it being too far out of the norm to be 375. Well, if it's 375 though, I mean, I go grab some cookies out of the oven and I would, I would burn my hand off trying to grab the thing out of the oven. Well, you're, you're if not going carry, if they're carrying this girl around. You're not going through a cellar change when you grab the cookies out of the oven. The cookies are the hot <laughs> thing, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm just kind of speculating. I I don't know. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I'm curious. So, do you have anything else on that one? Because um, I, uh, <laughs> I was I was wondering what they were cutting through because I didn't hear it first in my first listen through, but I had better headphones the second time. And, you know, you can hear them cutting through something at the end of the scene. <laughs> yes. I'd love to know what they're they're cutting through. Like, I was picturing, like, some kind of pumpkin. I don't know. You know, like well, the old stabbing a pumpkin for the stabbing sound. <laughs> yes. I, I was wondering what they were looking at because I think on one of the old episodes, they talked about cutting open the chest cavity. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, thicker and harder. It was, like, a big chest plate. Uh, or I'm making that up. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Which we were known to do from time to time. <laughs> I, I may be mixing different shows and stuff up on that one, so disregard. Yeah, and here at Hair First, uh, the new Walking Dead spinoff fan cast by <laughs> well, I may go ahead and edit that out, because I think I know what show that's from. Yeah. It's about an alien show. It's not even a zombie show. <laughs> <laughs> it was Pride and Prejudice. Not yes. the zombies one. And aliens. Yes. <laughs> Slenderman. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. You're doing great. Next we jump to Michael's journal. And the first thing he announces is that it's March 1st, 2010. 
almost so we got yeah we, we're ten so, months into it now. Yeah, we got a we got a time jump on here from where we left off before, and Casey kind of clarifies that it's been four months. So that would have put the last episode somewhere in November. December sixteenth was the last date officially mentioned, and it was in the I guess it was the end of season three. Just so as you know. Oh really? Yes. I don't know. That's I'm going off of what Casey said. Casey said it was a four month jump. Yeah, it's I mean that's around four months. It's a little bit it's like three and a half, but Yeah. But December sixteenth was definitively mentioned in the chapter thirty six or whatever. Oh, okay. According to the timeline. All I could go back and think about was those freaking potatoes. <laughs> so, yeah. Casey like, did say that it does not frost in the area right. that they're in, though. So it, it totally messes up the calendar in my head for growing seasons. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even know what to go off of there, but it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, the, it was made mention that they didn't know what they found, but or that something may have found us. And talking about the zombies are setting traps for the living. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. And it shows kind of a side of the intelligence of the zombies that is playing a hand. And that was in his journal, right? When he said that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was in his journal. So the dead behemoth was found with no signs of what caused his death. The The female that was bit was part of a group from the colony on a fuel run, even though they had an escort. Uh, when I first listened to it, I didn't catch that. I thought they were out without an escort, and I was wondering what is going on. Why is CJ changing the rules? But uh, I went back and listened to it a second time, and I picked up on what I'd missed. Uh, so it sounded like the group was out looking at the behemoth that was dead on the ground, and that's when the zombies are showing their little tricks, the ambushes that are playing. They're they're playing, and uh, came, and that's where the normal zombie or the regular zombie came out and bit the female that Tanya is experimenting on. That's where we find out she's part of the colony because I had no idea who this girl was when they first started talking about her. I just kind of assumed she was from the colony. Yeah, I kept. I'm sure a lot of people thought that it was going to be, you know, a name to somebody or tower person or CJ or something because I was kept waiting for the name. All we know about her is that Puck thought she was attractive. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess at this point they're loading the behemoth up on a uh, flatbed truck and trying to bring it back to the morgue and they're saying it's too big to fit in there. And that's where we're introduced to the trainee Jay who is with Puck and Michael. Puck is given the trainee a typical cold treatment that a soldier would receive during like boot camp, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He's just being mean. Yeah. So Robbins comes out with Tanya to look at this behemoth and talk with the, the team that's there. And uh, that's when Tanya says that they're not done yet. They still have to do the rest of the autopsy. And Robbins is kind of begrudgingly going along with it. He doesn't seem real happy. I don't. I don't think he did too well with all the the no, gore. He didn't. So there's this banter going back before, back and forth between Muldoon and Robbins. <laughs> and uh, Tanya says that she needs someone there that that can lift him. That someone that's strong. And I love it. Robbins comes back with someone strong, like a man, like man muscles. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can think about was the line from Anchorman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with iron and brawn. Yes. <laughs> Science. So, with all this going on, Robbins and Muldoon end up staying with Tanya to help out. While I the, what I thought the military guy's uh, voice acting here was excellent. 
<laughs> they're yes. really, I mean, they're all they're all really good. But the the back and forth, and of course, Puck's always he's spot on. Uh, he's always good at delivering his lines. I thought the guy that played Robbins did really well in this one. <laughs> they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Muldoon as well. Whenever he was like, "Oh, I was just kidding." There's a couple different things in his voice that I was just, I caught that I thought were really good. I want to get the guy that plays Puck or the guy that plays Robbins to come on for an interview soon. Oh, they had, that would be really awesome. So, I mean, there's so many to choose from, but I just I want to try to go after them to get them to come in. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Michael, Puck, and Jay, the trainee, leave to check on the spotters or motion cams or game cams, whatever you want to call it. it that sounds like something they put together. Um, and again, Puck is going on with his little, I don't know, I guess, you know, he's he's giving Jay a hard time, the trainee. And uh, he says, my name is Jay. And Puck replies with, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> hey, I was beginning to get scared earlier, you know, talking about the behemoth. I was beginning to wonder if that big dude, since he, they didn't know why he was dead, I was beginning to wonder if the dude was playing dead. I oh, really? Think, I, guess, I was thinking as soon as everybody leaves and it's just Tanya... Muldoon and Robbins, and then this thing you know gets up and starts tearing tearing stuff up. Yeah, that would be a very frightening scene. Yes, I hope it does not happen for sure. Jay, the trainee, says CJ mentioned that little or to nothing had been found on the uh, the game. I'm just gonna call them game cams. Okay, the spotters. Is that what? Yeah, yeah, the spotters. CJ talks about, you know, CJ talking about the teams and kind of their lack of findings is a little worrisome to me. I don't know if you caught that or not. It just seems like if she's talking negatively about different groups with people at the colony, it doesn't seem like a good sign of a strong leader. Well, was she she bashing the people? I don't know. It came off kind of negative that, you know, yeah, they're out there doing this. You know, they've been out there for four months, which is already known it they don't say they don't say it in this context but i'm thinking why is she saying this stuff unless it's, she's just trying to fill people in on what's going on because it sounds like uh people in the colony are speculating at the number of zombies dropping yeah i so thought they were just saying that um i thought that what the message that they're trying to get across to us through this little exposition was that you know here's the here's the spiders Here's how they work in case you forgot, which was good. I was glad they said all that. And then they meant and this. Hey, we're just reminding you, CJ's still around. She's back there. And she says that, you know, that the spotters, which isn't people, which is the cameras, haven't been seeing any zombies lately. And there's beginning to be rumors that, you know, they're dying out or stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, I didn't think anything of it until Michael replied with, oh, she said that, you know, about there being nothing out there. Right. And it made it seem like, Michael took it as a a negative thing. Yeah, or and then what I what I thought Michael meant by that was like I know differently or CJ and I have talked about CJ CJ and I have talked about this, but it was a uh, hold on one second. Okay, so what I got from that was that either Michael knows differently or that Michael knows differently because him and CJ have been talking about it and he was like, "Well, she said something different to y'all." I don't really know, though. I mean, it's just my speculation. I don't know. It it just seemed like Michael was a little slighted by it. I don't know. I could I, I could be reading into it too much. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that he was slighted. I thought that he was just like, thought that that was... Just between you and I type different, of Different, you know. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know what it was exactly. I just, I didn't catch that. 
that it was slighted for sure or not. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's my speculation. I don't know. I'm well, I'm no expert. <laughs> so you know they're they're going through these these uh, spotters and they're looking at what all they captured and they talk about there being a, the lone zombie. They're calling him a lone wolf, and uh, they see a dog on there, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, they did. They saw a dog. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the zombies hadn't eaten him yet. <laughs> <laughs> A one zombie wolf pack. <laughs> and then they go on, you know, Puck goes on his rant about the zombies dying out. Yeah, they eat each other. And he's talking about, the, you know, Michael asks him, what about the bones? They eat those too. Eat those. <laughs> yum, yum. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. I thought it, it was funny. I, I was beginning to wonder if it was sarcasm or if he really thought that. But no, I can tell with Puck. Yeah, I dig Puck's sense of humor. Me too. So, I guess they're getting to the last camera, and Michael notices that Randy, Randy's been caught on the camera. Yeah, he said there's a hair and the beard is a dead giveaway. So, I'm going to try to remember that. What What are you trying to say? Oh, nothing. I was just picturing... Actually, when he said hair and beard, for some reason, I began to get the sinking feeling that they had found zombie Bert. I was like, no, surely not. Oh, oh, oh. Of course not. I, but, yes, yeah, so Randy's got hair and a beard. I, I don't know what that's all about. I thought you, were, you had some kind of, you know, remark you wanted made towards my beard. Oh, I don't I don't <laughs> ever make any remarks towards your beard, do I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Randy's holding a bag, and Puck asks, what's in the bag? And <laughs> none of your business. Yeah, none of your business. I think so, I think probably people will get it just from the none of your business and the plastic, what's in the bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Michael's already hyped up, and I think it's Jay, the trainee, that says this image is only fifteen minutes old, and so Michael's getting really amped up to try to go find out where Randy went, and yeah, they, he immediately starts at the truck as soon as he's like, "How old? What?" Yeah, truck starts and, up. Let's go. Yeah, well, he uh, had him check one of the other cameras to see which direction they went. And uh, they say that Randy hung a right at the intersection up ahead. Because mm-hmm. I had to listen to it a few times. I was like, where did they get? How do they know where to go? You know, <laughs> how they had find where he was going. And it still doesn't fully answer it. It doesn't really fully answer where they go, do they? does it? Because I no. was curious about where, that, where they were. They just went that general direction until Michael decided to stop where he did and <laughs> but that was there was no indication. It was just an alleyway. But as they exited the vehicle, I noticed that this time you could hear the crows. <laughs> awesome. I, I want to get Grug on here to talk about that in its fullest sense because he he's got a lot of information about it. Now I, I know we've said that a couple times. But we really need to do it. Yeah, I did message him tonight. Just asked him if uh you know if in the next month or two if we could talk to him and for you know for the special on the crows. And that he would, you know, if, if he could just talk about it, basically, and tell us and fill us in on it. Yeah, I'm okay with doing that, even if we already have another episode that week. Just a little short special. Yeah, not nothing too crazy. Yeah. But, I, you know, I still think about, you know, they, they talk about a smell as they exited the vehicle and started walking away. And they said they could only smell the truck. And But Michael, and they, I guess they all kind of noticed it. But this is where I'm going back to where, you know, crows are normally around things that are dead. You know, they go where food's available. They're scavengers, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that plays into it or if there really is an ominous tone with it. It sounds ominous. 
Yeah, there was a crow talking to me, just a single solitary crow, uh, while I was getting gas yesterday, and that's all <laughs> I could think about. So I hope I make it. I hope I make it home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I I will note that no one has died the last couple times that we've heard the crows. At least not yet. But they could. Be, I guess they could be foretelling. Yeah, I don't know. I thought. Well, you'll you'll get to it. I'll talk. I'll talk about it in a second. So it's noted that the zombies can follow a trail, and I thought that was interesting. I mean, I think we already kind of knew that, but they're pointing it out for a reason. I didn't get it why they said that here though, because they followed they followed Randy, and they're saying the zombies can follow a trail. I think, what are they following? I don't know, but I think uh, Randy. I think the zombies can establish a trail for them to follow. To be honest. Because right. they're, they're, they're baiting them into this place, it seems like. They absolutely are doing that here. But I just didn't I didn't get how that fit into this particular scene. I don't either. I thought it was out of place. I had to go back and listen to it to make sure I had my notes in the right order. Right. But, you know, they, they start going down the alleyway and they spot Randy. There's shots fired off. We don't know if he they hit anything or not because he's moving. He's booking and hops that fence. So... Around about this time, Puck assists Michael over the fence, and Puck is kind of hesitant and is arguing a little bit, like, how am I going to get over? And says, if you're after... What does he say? But he's, he tells Michael that Randy dropped the bag, but Michael didn't hear him. Mm-hmm. And Michael made it all the way back to the vehicle while Puck was being ambushed by a group of normal zombies. And uh, I, I, I thought for sure when Puck didn't answer the first few times, he was gone. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say a second ago. I thought Puck was dead. I was like, "Wow, they're really they're killing off what's becoming quickly becoming a favorite character." Yeah, I'm glad they didn't at this point because I think he's essential. I'm really glad they didn't. He's a, he's most so, of the comedy relief lately. Now, I thought I heard a a, a fourth voice, but I wasn't 100 percent sure. And then they referred to guys at the vehicle. Who is with Jay at this point, the, the trainee? Because Maldoon and Robbins are both with Tanya. And Puck and Michael were in the alleyway, and Jay stayed with the truck, but it sounded like there was another person there. And it was messing me up. I don't know if I was mm, hearing on. something wrong. I can... If we can let me check. I thought there were four, mil- four military guys. There, there's Puck, Maldoon, Robbins, and Michael. And uh, Vic, or Saul, I mean, there's five total, I thought. But no, I, I meant like from Erwin. I thought there was four other than Michael. Oh. Let me, uh... I was kept waiting for him to say the other guy's name, so I'd know for sure. Puck, Thomas, Kemet, Muldoon, Robbins. Thomas. So it must have been Thomas. I think so. He's he's currently alive, as according to the... Okay. That must have been who was with him, because I, I, yeah. I didn't understand. Carl. Carl. Yeah, Carl. Okay. Yeah, because in my mind, there's there's four military guys from Irwin, and one of those guys was with Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay, so that makes more sense. I was kept trying to figure it out, and I couldn't. Michael runs back to where uh, Puck should be, and uh, then they call after they meet up and everything's okay, we find out that Puck is still alive. He, he killed a few normal zombies that were there. They call the guys over to uh, bring the vehicle over and they say they can't and they, Michael asks why and they say just come and see 
And at this point, I'm going, what is going on? I'm, I'm thinking they've already ambushed them. They're surrounded. There's no way out. Something's yeah, was, going on. I was expecting like the colony at the end of season three where they're just surrounded by zombies that aren't moving. I was like, yeah. oh no, what is this going to be? So yeah, and that was just added for tension, unfortunately. They were stuck in a flower bed. <laughs> yeah. So on their way back over there, you know, Puck is furious at Michael for leaving him behind. And, you know, Michael forgot, seems to forget everything that was going on just to try and catch Randy. So, yeah, they get around the corner, and like you said, the vehicle's stuck in the flower pit. <laughs> <laughs> and they're over there trying to push it out, and Michael stops and wants to give up and chase Randy on foot. And at this point, Puck goes off on Michael. And he's like, wise up, dummy. It's It, it was a trap. Let it go. They separate us from the truck, you know. And he called Michael selfish. He said, are you, go- you going to be smarter than them? Because they almost beat you. Puck is 100% right in this situation. And he's, I mean, I, I, I like the way he delivers it and everything. I don't know. I just really respected the way that they had had this character approach Michael, who's, you know, their leader, and just basically tell him how it is. I'm glad we both agree on that. Because, <laughs> man, yeah, he was dead on. And Michael even responded with, yeah, to, you know, are you going to be smarter? Yeah, he, he submitted to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the, I did a bad thing. You, you're right. <laughs> and, you know, and then uh, it was funny because they're over there. Michael's back over at the truck trying to push it out with Puck. And my, <laughs> Puck calls Michael Mike when they're trying to push. <laughs> and Michael says catch. nothing. <laughs> that was great. At least he didn't call him Mikey or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, Mikey. What was it he didn't like early? I think it was Mikey. <laughs> Don't call me that. I think this is really showing how strong of a character that Puck is. And he may end up being a great leader. Yeah, I like him a lot. I mean, I like him even more. I mean, I, I thought he was great. He was great comedy relief. He has a, an, a funny, just his voice by itself is funny to me. Oh, yeah. He's got a funny name, but then he stepped it up to. <laughs> I hate when people say this. He took it to another level. Yeah. <laughs> with this one. But he really did. Yeah. You know, and he's tell, and he continues on after this. He talks, about, he talks to Michael about you can't go running down alleys and says, You went all Rambo on me. <laughs> yeah. And Michael is saying, This one was important. And Puck asks, Why? Michael says, I don't know. I'm like, dang it, who is Randy? I'm hoping he would say right then and there who Randy is. If he, there was some kind of relationship there already, if you knew him before he turned. Mm-hmm. That's could, what a lot of the speculation is that I'm seeing from people, is that they think you know, maybe he's a brother even, somebody said. Yeah, so then, you know, when, it, when, when I'm thinking of who is Randy, uh, all I can think about is that scene from Family Guy where Peter's getting bullied on by the... By the guy named Randy in his school, and every time he gets pantsed, he says, Randy! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So at this point, they've got the truck freed up, and Puck tells Michael again that Randy dropped the bag. And uh, he said, yeah, I was trying to tell you that before you went all Rambo on me. <laughs> <laughs> Michael apologizes, and everything seems to be okay between the two at this point. As they w- make their way over to to the alleyway to get the bag or to look at the bag. Now here I want to note something and I'm, and I'm, I'm so glad you see Puck talking to Michael being 
a really good thing and how Michael reacted to it. Because after seeing that interaction and how Michael got snapped out of his delirium that he was in, yeah, I can now see that Michael needs a strong woman, not pegs. <laughs> One who can show him when he's wrong and support him when he's right. Well, maybe if he would uh, if he listen to Pegs every now and then, eh. and he would get to know, you know. Maybe he would listen if she was a strong woman. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You came out of the left field on me with that one. <laughs> I was like, oh, you see? He was perfectly fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's too weak for him. She's not weak at all. She <laughs> she stuck it to him many times. Well, she told him, you know, or not enough. And then whenever, nah, <laughs> and then, you know, and then she's like, whenever he's, oh, I, I can't even, <laughs> you can't, can't even. No, I can't remember the the context that I'm trying to put this in. Whenever they're splitting up and. She was going to Boulder, and he was like, so this is it? She's like, yeah, this is it. See you later. Bye. She can be strong. Yeah, whatever. She just wants him to She can be, strong be able to at, figure out what he wants. At toying with men. Toying. Yep. I, I, that's a complete projection. I don't know where that's coming from. Toying. Okay. This dangling that carrot out there. I don't, I don't, I don't think we have to have that conversation again, because I think, I think that was pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, it was very clear to me. I didn't see any clear at all. It was we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit while I get over my uh, lover that just died a couple days ago. But yeah, we can go to lunch. <laughs> Terrible. We can go to lunch. Yep. Go to lunch. Oh man. So we got the two glass bottles in the bag, and they mentioned that there is a metallic smell. So that had my brain curious already. I'm wondering what this stuff is. And they say that there's writing on the bottle that starts with F-O. So I went and looked up this stuff to see what it might be. And I had a little help from Mrs. Redbeard on this one too. She was yeah. helping me find some stuff. And uh, Awesome. I found oxygen monofluoride and thorium monofluoride monoxide. And there's several different things. And I was uh, the, the biggest thing was monofluoride though. So I went and looked it up, and the organic chemistry behind it is monofluoride, and are there there organic fluorine compounds such as methyl fluoride and fluorobenzene, which are all alkali metals that form monofluorides. This ties into some other stuff that I looked up, where uh, that was on the forums. So I guess someone went crazy with the uh, the pinstripe suit has those tattoos on his hand. Mm-hmm. They say the molecular symbols on it of the that are tattooed on there are benzenes. They're ben are benzene rings, and they're hydrocarbons. So I followed this a little bit further, and someone mentions um, oh they mentioned formic acid, which what it does is it <laughs> it's kind of a weird deal. It's okay in the body, methanol is broken down and, and converted into formaldehyde which could be one of the strong smells that they're smelling. Um, but the formaldehyde is rapidly transformed into formic acid, and it doesn't collect in the body. So I started thinking about, did this start with some kind of experiment to extend life beyond a normal age range? 
or are the zombies using this chemical process to keep their bodies from breaking down? Hmm. And so now I'm thinking, in addition to this, they could build a weapon against the zombies, if this is true, to make their bodies break down faster. Oh. So based on a, a bottle with the, that gave off a metallic sp- a smell, you found, what was the first thing you said? Uh, monofluorides. How did you come up with monofluorides? Because... Of because if you, uh, I went and looked at a table of uh, different chemical compounds mm-hmm. and molecular structures, and uh, FO is represented in monofluorides. Fluoride being the F, and uh, O being an oxygen. That's where oxygen mon- monofluoride comes from. Okay. And I started chasing that down to, because all, all of the uh, molecular compounds were monofluoride based and i went to the organic chemistry thinking well this has something to do with the body so what's in organic chemistry about monofluorides and that's where i found the methyl fluoride and the fluorobenzene and it being an alkali metal huh so this is pure speculation and kind of building off of what red shirts uh theories are with the the pinstripe suit guy and his tattoos on his hands well, wow, that's really, that's crazy. I mean, I think it sounds as good or better than anything I could think of or come up with for sure. <laughs> I was beginning to want, you know, what's for uh, our FO? Well, and and so they mentioned that the Radon Labs logo on the bottle, and uh, Michael tells Puck to get on the radio with Kelly and find out anything about Radon Labs. So we had some feedback out there based purely on this and that's uh see grog on the forums and reagan and adam on twitter all pointed out the details behind radon labs in an earlier episode involving bert adam says remember in the first season when bert said he thought the zombie was smart and didn't bert point out that he pointed out the guy to or pointed out the radon labs id to angel and saul when they were up on the roof and i thought that was really interesting that was and uh, I just I googled Radon Labs Los Los Angeles just to see there's you know like oh wow look Radon Labs in Los Angeles no there wasn't anything like that quite but there was already a wiki post somebody had created oh yeah I did see that yeah uh, I don't know how long ago it was exactly but so it, I found I mean it was the first page on the search and they had mentioned it was chapter three part three and Bird had found it and yeah there was a little ID card on a belt or something like that. And what does he call them? Bert calls them... He calls them the smart ones. Yeah, that's right. That's on top right. of a roof, he shot one. I'm sure what Shirley, rest in peace, is, but... Hmm. So, I'm really curious to see what comes out of that. I'm hoping that we find out more information about what that lab is and what they do. Because the only other thing I could find on the uh, the internet about Radon Labs was a bankrupt game development company. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And nothing seemed to really click there. Yeah, I found that one. I was like, "Oh, I found the secret. It's a European game company." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's dead. Yes, <laughs> now it's undead. Oh yeah, Doofus Monkey pointed out something that I thought was kind of funny too. Yeah, he said, "I really expected those bottles to be labeled Trioxin 245, but the Radon Labs logo is good enough." <laughs> and do do you know what that is? 
I had to look it up. I didn't know it just based on what he said, but I knew it had to be some kind of zombie reference. <laughs> yeah, there's a the, like the uh, the Living Dead series. You know, they all kind of reference that. And it, um, I li- I went and looked it up again just to see what if there was information about it specifically, something that would relate. Yeah. But they, it was something related to Agent Orange, like a def- defoliation for marijuana or something like that. <laughs> Which I didn't remember that. I just remembered that being in those Living Dead movies. Yeah. So I have a, another little question, kind of theory thing going on here, too. I'm, I'm wondering what's going on here with Randy and the pinstripe guy. Uh, guy. You know, are, are they testing strengths and tactics? Uh, collectively, you know, in different areas to see what works, or are they working separately? Like, uh, has there been some kind of divide in power? Mm, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have a, I don't really have a take that's my own on this one, except that I don't know how long ago it was when I was just kind of perusing the forums and I saw somebody mention that what if Randy was working, or what if what if Randy's a free agent in this and could work together with the survivors. And I really like that idea. It makes me want to go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes and see how much, how close they were before. Were they, you know, did it come off as if they were working together? Were they seen in the same areas at the same time? And now they're not. But I haven't done it yet. So yeah, that that could be really interesting to see, you know, to be able to draw some kind of, inference that yeah they're they're working together because they're in the same areas often or not at all and i'm sure that it it will make all make and i'm sure that it will make sense in the end once we see the whole picture well and that's all i've got for this episode unless you got something more i don't have anything else as far as the coverage or analysis my take is that my take was that a lot of it was was straightforward with just a lot of good little tidbits, you know, to fill in blanks in the mystery and then open up new questions as well. But and you had a lot of great takes and definitely you went deep on the on what those chemicals could have been. And they're just swags. I, I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, but I would be surprised if it wasn't it. I mean, that sounds like, I mean, you got the metallic smell. It's in chemical like little, you know, glass containers, liquid covering everything. I don't know why it exploded exactly. Maybe it's volatile. Is that the word? Well, I was wondering that too. Or if if both bottles were supposed to bust in order to create the gases like what were coming out of the cracks mm-hmm. to create to make them turn into zombies. Yeah, that's a. Did they, it, did they mention if it smelled metallic? Then that, I'm sure somebody knows. And, I, I, I and don't know, it, guys. You know, we're not afraid to be wrong. We're wrong so much. <laughs> you can tweet us and, you know, email us the things we're wrong. We'd, we'll gladly clean it up next episode in a, uh, in a little roundup of corrections. So, yeah, please send that stuff in. It won't offend us at all. At all. Cool. Um, Do you want to move on to listener feedback? Well, I'm just going to finish up. I want to talk a little bit about the album art. Oh, I always do this out of order. We, uh... Yeah, I've got. I need to send you my template for show notes, just so you can see what I'm thinking, or and then we can retool it if you want to. Okay. But so, we were talking about the album art before the show even dropped. We kind of just had a little conversation of, or before that we we got to listen to the show, we saw the album art with, and it's got the picture of somebody chained up with the blanket over their head, and 
they're in the morgue, and there's you know some blood here and some other stuff over there. We just kind of and did I already say it was it was somebody was chained. Mm-hmm. We just began to speculate, you know, and I was like, is it ink? No, I bet it's Randy. You know, we're, we're like, it's in a morgue. And then I said, um, maybe it's a zombie that'll help him. <laughs> <laughs> and then you told me. In- interrogation. Me? No, what, what did I tell you? You said, this isn't Disney. <laughs> 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 and then I began to come up with my own, with my thinking that maybe they're going to use Tanya or Saul's blood to turn a zombie back human. Which to me sounds crazy when it's not in my head, you know. And I'm gonna flip this whole thing on its end. Yeah. I I don't think that the album art was explained in this episode at all. That would be great. And the reason I'm thinking that is because they chained the female down to a a table, and in the album art, she it, this person's chained down to a chair. Yeah, nice catch. And. You know, maybe they they didn't cover her with a blanket either, so that's probably just there to hide the fact that it's not a girl. Maybe. Huh. I like it. I like it, Redbeard. Strong take on the album art. Did you just come up with that? I wrote it down earlier, but I didn't want to say it in the beginning because it would kind of mess everything up yeah. for the coverage. Smooth. All right. So uh, the next thing, favorite lines in the show. I think you already covered yours. Well, what was it? What? Didn't you already say your favorite line on the show? Oh, or you just mentioned you some you liked, like the manly man stuff and all that. <laughs> that was my favorite line. Was it? That was a man with manly muscles. You hear that? She needs a man with manly muscles, not you, you puny. <laughs> I think I think that's what Peg says too, and and every time she looks around, it changes. Huh? You <laughs> said I need a man. You know, you're saying what Tanya said, but I need a man with muscles, right? I said that's the same thing that Peg says every time she looks around. <laughs> oh, there's one. Oh, there's one. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. No way. I guess uh, my favorite one, even though it offends me <laughs> on some <laughs> level, is whenever... Puck finds out she's dead, and he says, sucks, she was kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, and then, I, forgot, I forgot about this. You know, we were talking about that earlier, and, you know, my first thought when that line came up is, I thought Puck was talking about the, the behemoth. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. She was a looker. And then the last section before we do move on to question of the week, caption, listener mail junk, is... The ratings. And of course, we're doing it out of five stars now. Or five zombie calls or whatever we're calling it. Yes. And when you give yours, I want you to say what it is and the reason why. Okay. Sure. You want me to say what I gave it first and then the reason why? Yes. I can't preface it? Yeah, you can preface it. And then validate it. You know, whatever you got to do. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing to me. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, so it's so hard to rate the parts. And the chapter as a whole is probably what deserves, like, a, you know, a, a good look at it, a good look for the rating. But since this is just for fun, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I mean, it's a five out of five for me. We're progressing through the mystery, um, and we'll continue to get the action. We got a little action this time. And the character, but I, I think the character development 
it's going to continue through the next two parts of this uh, chapter as well. So I'm not really worried about that. So I mean, I thought there was just something for everybody. I think I think we like it for the same reasons. Yeah, I, I think we got the the same rating for the same reasons. I also rated it a five. Wow, cool. And, and the reason why is because there was no pegs. There was no. <laughs> no it's an automatic five. <laughs> That's great. There was no so mention what, what of about, pegs. What about the ad in the beginning? There was no mention of the garden. Well. There, Michael I heard, doesn't seem I heard to be pegs at the around. Very beginning before the show even started. That's not pegs. That's an actress. <laughs> very beautiful and talented actress. Very, and no disregard there. I, I, I completely agree. Who has you fooled before she does this complete sucker punch to the whole group of people? They're going to be like, "Wow, I love pegs." Michael is so stupid. No, I think the sucker punch has already been delivered. I do love, I do love Michael, but. Michael is a dork when it comes to pegs. <laughs> yeah, Michael doesn't seem to be moping around in this episode. I think time away from the colony and the, you know, thing that's there that drives him crazy. Oh, he's he's, he's doing us some good. He's already on his way up out of the friend zone again at this point. I mean, I hope he's on his way up away <laughs> from that. No, not going to happen. He's at his lowest point when he's with her. Not going to happen. And then, but I don't know who they are going to pair CJ up with, if they do or not. You know. Telling you. <laughs> oh no. It's gonna be a flashback to the wedding, and Michael's gonna hook up with CJ. I thought the wedding's probably like right around the corner. Why didn't they mention it here? Uh, because they flash forward four months. The baby's about to be born. They already had the wedding. No, they haven't had the wedding yet. The wedding was gonna be in March. The wedding was gonna be before the baby is born. The 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 baby is gonna be delivered in March. Yeah, but we're, they're not gonna skip the wedding. Flashback. They're not going to skip the wedding. Journal entry. No. No way. Hookup. <laughs> <laughs> no way. we got to have the the drunk Michael CJ uh, talk that makes pegs upset. Oh, and gets them back together? Yep. Oh, you are a dreamer. They're going to fight about the, a dreamer. <laughs> it's, it's, in the, it's written in the CADs. It's in the CADs. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, in all honesty, though, this was a great episode. I love that some of the answers are coming. You can see them, and we might have some glimmer of them at the moment. But there were there were zombies in this episode. There were. There were. It only took five or so episodes to get back to them. Not always a bad thing. There's a lot of good stuff in between. Yep. I just, oh, my gosh. This Randy mystery is is killing Randy. me. I gotta get I gotta get more information on this. You, you haven't seen it? No, no. I'm, I've got to get more information on the Randy mystery. Oh, oh, oh! I thought you were talking about Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is more important. And uh, well, moving on to the question of the week, we didn't we didn't put out one last week. Nope, really we failed. We kind of talked and threw around the idea of. We talked about a few things, didn't we? Yeah, we, we threw around the idea on Twitter at least. Regan said we should stunt cast We're Alive just for fun, like a blockbuster <laughs> with unlimited budget. And if we're un- if we're interested in doing it, you know. That's what it was. Yes, that's a great idea. But the problem was We're Alive tweeted right after that that it's already being done in a recent thread. Hey, we could have our own fun. It's cool. We could. And then he also recommended that if we do that, we start out with a couple of uh, with, with some of the lower level characters I- then move up. You know, and and I know everybody became okay with the idea after everybody ganged up on the idea of 
Ben Affleck being Batman, <laughs> but he would not be in my star cast for We're Live. Let's see who who could Ben Affleck be. Let's let's stunt cast somebody, force somebody into the We're Live, and I bet somebody. I wonder. Somebody's probably like, do not put Ben Affleck in my pretend we're alive. Oh, what's his name? Mm. Uh, the guy... The apartment owner? The, no, the guy from South Park has to play Angel. No, no way. Yeah, he's got the hair and everything. I know, but I don't picture him. I picture him with army hair. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> not Salt, Shane Salk hair. <laughs> he could play Shane Salk in the... In the We're Alive documentary. Nobody can deny that. That is a beautiful head of hair. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Gotta keep it for the movie. And I was like, who is who is he? That's that's Angel. <laughs> <laughs> no, Angel's a blonde guy. I've seen him. <laughs> no, Angel. Who are you? No, that's awesome. So uh we don't have a question of the week. Adam, uh good guy on Twitter. He's uh he wanted to share I basically said the question of the week is going to be help us come up with the question of the week for next week. And he said, if you had to choose one surviving Towerite to die, who would it be and why would you choose that person to die? Glenn. And then he said, did I spell Towerite right? <laughs> and all I can think of is, they're Towerites, Murray. That's a Breaking Bad reference, but anyway. I don't, I don't know if that would there would be a proper spelling, would there be? No. Tower... Towerians? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, I have an easy answer for that one. I guess that we shouldn't answer it you this said week. Glenn. Though. Glenn's yeah. not a Towerite. Oh, no, he's not a Towerite. I'm thinking of the colony. Oh, man. I know who you're going to pick. Pigs. Question, yeah. Man, pigs. I kind of don't, though. I want her to go be <laughs> lonely with cats. Oh, wow. Man, she could probably teach you about some. Uh, she could probably teach you about some identifying edible plants and stuff like that. No, if it was grown in a garden. Oh, yeah, <laughs> if it was grown in a garden, it's dumb. <laughs> or in a flower shop. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll, I guess we'll we'll answer that one next week. And you guys are make sure to send it in, tweet it in, email it, contact info will be at the. At the end of the show. In addition to the question of the week, uh, we're gonna have a little fun. If you know, if y'all want to, we're gonna talk about the the album art and just do try to try to submit your funny caption for the album art. If you can come up with something, you can just tweet us or email us, and uh, we'll rate it on the air next week. Moving on to the listener mail and tweets. Unless you wanted to talk, say anything else. No, I'm good. Uh, and this, this section mainly is going to be about the Constance interview before we get on to the stuff about this week. Uh, Grog, he just he let everybody know that Cheer, way cooler than Crows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't downplay yourself, Grog. Exactly. No, we definitely are looking forward to, to that conversation and that education, actually. And uh, Casey Wayland, he tweeted, awesome interview with the fan cast. He was telling, saying that to Constance. When it's all over, you can ask anything you want. Because, <laughs> you know, y'all had referenced she would love to pick his brain on some things. Wouldn't Kyle, we all? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Bora uh, said, not sure I'm really liking the music throughout the whole interview, but a good interview nonetheless. He's almost done with it. And he said, uh, also went on to say, it's not exactly that he doesn't like the music, but more specific parts. And when the drums build up, it takes away because it's distracting. 
but uh, we let them know. You know, thank you so much. We appreciate all kinds of feedback. And that, that was an oversight on my part too. That 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 definitely was because I released it at like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you did. Yeah, you messaged me at like one forty four. You got anything else for this? Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I actually, you know, because I I did I wasn't even expecting it. I I liked it a lot. I liked the way the, the, that it was scored. There were those small parts that got distracting, but for the most part, and especially with the audio quality issues that y'all had, it, I think it helped with that. Yeah, I thought it kind of distracted from the pops and clicks and all that other stuff that was going on in there, and I tried every filter possible and couldn't remove them. So I was like, hey, I'll throw music in. <laughs> Casey uh, also said uh, that he looks forward to being able to talk about all the secrets once it's over. Cool. That's going to be really cool. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully there won't be any secrets once it's all over. Well, but he can talk about how hard it was to keep them, because I know keeping that for four or five years under wraps while everybody's talking about all these different crazy crackpot theories and some that are true, some that are just way out there. But you really know how it's going to be. That's got to be a lot of fun for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks to all. Oh, there also I posted a thread and the forums just, you know, linking to the Constance interview. There are a lot of great replies to that one, but Witch Doctor had a had a reply on there that really grabbed my attention because some of the stuff he said told me that he really got our show and he got us. And I was just, I was surprised how spot on he was about, you know, just us and our approach to the show and approach to talking about it. So thanks to all that said they enjoyed the coverage and we just love talking about the show. Yeah. I've got some that kind of tie into this episode. Mm -hmm. I'm done with all the Constance uh, tweets and everything. Okay. And this and is some other... And Constance, I don't know if you're listening, but... Yes, thank you so much. I, I, I want to have her back on, because I think we could have gone for another hour easily. Well, yes, you was, yes, you had a lot of good stuff to say. I've got some other listener feedback. What's that? You know, the at the beginning of the show, there was an ad for a series of books called The Enemy. Mm -hmm. And Adam was talking to me about it. He said that he wrote a fan fiction kind of in homage to that, that series of books. I want to try to get that from him so we can review it. I think he's talking... I'm not sure if he's talking about the, the series in this part or if he's talking about his fan fiction, but he was talking about an, it's an interesting take on how kids would survive the zombie apocalypse mixed in with some British humor. So I was like... <laughs> I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> I want to read this. It does sound funny. Children of the Corn and Zombies. Oh, whoa. That's like the creepiest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do when the zombies show up? Eat them. The one who walks behind the rose freaks out. <laughs> so, and then it directly related to this episode, Undead Sweeper on the forums asked, is trainee code word for red shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, he's. I like that. Trainee's or, not going to make it out of this show, out of this chapter alive. I don't think so. I think if the, the crows are ominous for anybody, it's for him. <laughs> yeah. Poor Jay. They said Jay, not Ka. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> A Dead Reviews tweeted. He said, uh, just finished our latest show. Thanks for taking his feedback about the rating system. And also, he'd love to come on our show sometime to talk. We're alive. Any time. Yeah, sure it can happen. Absolutely. We've been actually uh, got to play a little GTA with him and Casey some 
Yeah, he's Casey's sort of the a crew. We're kind of running together the We're Alive business. Sweet. That's cool. Regan had a couple more tweets. Uh, says He says, curious to see where the Radon Labs clue leads us. And hopefully you enjoyed Redbeard's uh, advanced coverage of that. Wow. I know, I'm blown away. And also pretty sure the breakout was simultaneous worldwide. So Radon Labs can't be the only origin. Or can it? Dun, dun, dun. Dun. <laughs> and that's it for the listener feedback. And uh, just to add to that little disclaimer, I learned everything I needed to know about the chemicals on the internet. <laughs> oh, yes. The internet is smarter than us all. Yes. And you know the, the greatest source of information is wiki. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. And speaking of time, we're out of it. Folks, but I'm pump. Yeah. Do we have anything else? Oh, we do have to mention one more thing. Yes. I mean, it's probably seen me plastered all over Twitter, but we had an awesome time filming the first episode of Dare to Survive. We did, and we didn't get eaten by Yetis. Didn't get eaten by Yetis, and it was. It's great to know that we both came back alive. And we are not experts. So, and we thank uh, any or all of you that dared us to do some things. We took care of a couple of them. And um, once we can slap together some of that video editing, get a couple transitions made and an intro, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to publish it. So hopefully we can get that out next month. No worries, just a little bit of work. That's right. And don't forget, you uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search We're Live Fancast. You can find us on Twitter at WAFancast. And you can also email us at we're at mickred.com. M I C K R E D.com. And don't forget to check out our website at mickred.com. Yep, lots of great uh, reviews out there and a couple different funny posts about different things. But mostly, We're Life Fancast and Dare to Survive. All right, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, appreciate you listening. We'll see you again next week for Chapter 38, Part 2. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mickred production. Regan says nice. No, dang it. <laughs> no, no. Burn my house down. We're alive. Fancast. <laughs> That's the new one with the like eighties lights. <laughs> yeah. The album art. Part seven. The rest of the night was a blur. It seemed everyone's mind was hollowed out except for their desire to open up those who were still sane. Traffic wasn't moving anymore, so he abandoned his vehicle and began his trek home on foot.